Jens guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is August 21st. Bucks were 2 and 4 this week. You need two of three things in order to have a chance to win a ball game. Pitching, hitting, and defense. Give me two of those things and you should win. That's what they say. I don't know who they is. But if they watch this team, they know it takes all three of those things. Let's go, Bucks. <laughs> I am Josh, and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? How are we doing, man? We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's another one of those weeks, and we are still in the month of August. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're dealing with, right? Yep. It's just how it's going, how it's going to go. It's been fun. <laughs> it's rough right now. You know, the weird thing is, is something happens every week that we're like, well, I mean, we have to talk about this. And it seems to happen early in the week. So by the time we get to talk <laughs> about things, it's yeah. always done. Yeah. Yeah. What a hodgepodge of things. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Okay, so we've got some things to get into today. We've got, uh, we're going to talk about something that you've been begging me to talk about, and we haven't talked about it, but we're going to get into a little bit of Mitch Keller. Um, For the second straight week, we're going to talk about Rodolfo Castro. And then the, uh, the big things this week, Derek Shelton's job security, so to speak. Uh, That's obviously... Kind of at the top of things. It's really been at the top of things for a lot of pirate fans for <laughs> quite a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's for sure. but it's something that we I feel like we should touch on right now. And then obviously the comments by Dennis Eckersley. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of fun with it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's it's it happened on Monday. We're not even playing Boston anymore for the last three days, so it's kind of here been here and gone right but we're going to talk about it we we need to have our little our little share of it right yep so for without any further ado um i, I really don't want to break down the games that much you know what i mean yeah, we we've got yeah. monday's game monday's game was kind of the big thing at least at least for us and then maybe through the week um for for part of the other thing but monday was kind of a big day as far as things, this is when Eckersley made his comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also the game where Mitch Keller just goes two innings and was was pulled out of that game. And and I actually haven't seen anything like in the last couple of days about him. But uh, but we're gonna get into him for a second. But like that was just a five to three game. Like it wasn't really a bad game at all. Right. Uh, yeah. It was you know early on it was bad and then. Pitching from then, like DeYoung came in and did a good job through four innings and really like silenced their lineup. Pavetta was awesome. Um, and he hasn't had a great year, but he was good. Yeah. And we ended up getting three runs when they, you know, when they went to the bullpen, but ultimately it just it just wasn't enough. But, you know, it was more of the same with the starter, Rowanzi, a little bit of a struggle in the second inning, but then kind of was fine every other inning. Got through six, and then at the end they tacked on runs to make it make it look worse, and then we flipped the script the next night and beat them eight to two. Um, Brian Reynolds, 
after the Eckersley comments. Just went off. Three home runs in two days. And, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I mean, I, I can say this. I mean, like, this is nothing new, so I can say this while we're talking about the games. Like, there's there's talk, and we'll kind of get into whether or not it was targeted to the players or the front office or whoever. But tell me that Brian Reynolds didn't take it personally. I think of the yeah, Michael Jordan even thing. Though, even though he went on record and said, I couldn't give two craps less. <laughs> that's exactly what he means, though, right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. know, like Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, I think of those two because they've, they're on the record saying, like, I took it personal. Like, yeah. especially that, that one special with Michael Jordan where they were talking about it. And somebody just said something that kind of had nothing to do with him. And he was like, I took that personally. And then went out and dominated the next day. You know what I mean? And it was kind of that, like, gamers, like, that's what they do. They take it personal yeah. in order to, you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's it. Uh, baseball's a little bit different, too. You can't really take charge like that. Uh, but he sure did give it a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but either way, lost that series. Come out against the against the Reds, and it looked good. It looked good in that first game. We got we got pitching. Excuse me, we got pitching. Hit the ball well again. Ben Gamble really had a good series, um, and then it, it it just fell apart from there. Yeah, you know, BD roughed up, Stout roughed up, Ramirez roughed up, Thompson roughed up, Benuelos, uh, not Ramirez. Um, Ramirez pitched against the Red Sox. He did pitch. He pitched two good innings against Cincinnati. It was Ben Benuelos and Holderman uh, in in this one today. So, yeah, just the, it's just the idea that like that those games at times felt good. They felt like they were close, and then late they get blown away or you know stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the Mitch Keller stuff. Because I know that, that that's something that, that you've been wanting to bring up. Yeah, I know you you'd said last week before we got we hit record, you said, you know, one more one more good outing and we'll talk about him. Yeah. And then the 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 whole dead arm, you know, two innings, you know, it, it's rough. That that that's a tough one. Uh if it if it was a dead arm, is you know, what's the workload look like? He's throwing like what, 114 innings or something like that this year. So he's getting up there in innings. Yeah, but that's not um, uh maybe maybe it, it's not an excuse by no means. Like cuz I don't think that's a crazy amount of innings. Well, I and I guess that's what I wanted of, to look up. It is 114 innings. Uh I guess last year 100 innings is the most he's ever thrown. And he threw some in the minors this year too, didn't he? Uh maybe. Yeah, I think he did. A couple starts or something, not not a lot. If he did, uh, no, actually he didn't. So last year he threw twenty eight innings in the minors, so one hundred and twenty eight total. And this year it's just been in the majors. Yeah. Okay. So still but, but, he's he's know, fourteen innings from, you know, from a career high. Yeah, and and I'll be. Uh, uh twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. 48 innings in Pittsburgh and 100, so 103, so 150 innings in 20. Now, that's the big thing because then he goes into 2020 and throws 21 innings. Mm -hmm. It's almost a reset button at that point. Yeah. Okay. 
And it's frustrating to me because I don't think that's a ton of innings. Right. I don't think that should be, this shouldn't be an issue. No, the only thing and I would that, say. Is it, is it Mitch Keller's fault or is this a, a physical conditioning that the organization, or I should say the institution, because I feel like it's across the board in the major leagues. Yeah. Like, are, are we, are we failing these guys? Like, I don't understand. Well, we've had a conversation about this on multiple, uh, uh, multiple times. We've brought this up to say, yes, players are more fit and strong and all these things, but they're made of glass these days. Like the injuries mm -hmm. are just outrageous because we're not working on the right things physically. They're not, they're not being, they're not being built to be baseball players. They're being built to be these like specimens. Yeah. And they're, and they're fragile. And yeah, you know what I mean? There, there's a reason that you're supposed to focus on whatever sport you're playing, what you do in the gym. Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, but just to, just to touch on what Mitch Keller's been doing this year, um, well, I want to start off with April, like the start of the season. Well, first off the off season, we saw oh, Mitch Keller looks great. Spring training dominated. Come into April, pitches to a 662 clip. And we're like, what the heck? I think he said the same thing pretty much. Right. And we criticize like, that too. Like you have to know what's going wrong. Yeah. You have to know because you got to start making adjustments. Well, here's what I started to see in May. Pretty much the same thing, but he pitched to a 519 ERA. Okay. Looks a little better. Strikeout to walk ratio started, you know, started to look a little better. June 410 ERA. Strikeout to walk ratio is closer to that two to one. You aim for three to one. That's that's your aiming point. July two sixty one. Strikeout to walk ratio. Let me do that. I didn't do the ratio. Twenty eight. Twenty eight and six. So, I mean, it's pretty good. Which you're, I mean, you're still you're, somewhere you're in between that there. Three to one. You're no, you're above the three to one at that point. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, you know, he's obviously making adjustments. Mm -hmm. Well, and our biggest thing was it was every other start yeah. early on. Yeah. And and he come out and, you know. So that was June 410. What's that? You said June was around 410? Yeah. Okay. So let's keep going on that. And then July pitched to 261. Yeah. And this has been the thing that we've talked about. So his first start in July, I know that you said that. First yep. start in July, four runs off of the Yankees in six yeah, and, innings. And, and that's, to me, on that particular Yankees team on July 6th, it's a pretty good outing. Yeah, I, here's, what I'll, here's what I'll say about that, though. Um, did we win that game? Was that, the game? Was that when we? No. No, he we, took the loss. Okay. So the thing is, though, is that came right off of a uh, another game that he gave up five runs against the Washington Nationals, right? Right, and then uh, and then I think three runs, uh, and I forget who that was. Tampa Bay. Okay, so the fact that the Yankees start came right after two other bad starts kind of makes me say I don't care if it was against the Yankees. Like that one still scratches for me. That was still. It still was not successful, only because there it wasn't like there was a good start before that where something clicked, and then he, you know what I'm saying. So it was 
how did you punch back? And I think with the Yankees start, maybe he hadn't punched back yet. You know what I mean? So I did a selection um, because, you know, we talked about this. I did a selection from his next start, July 11th. Do you have that who that's against? July 11th was against Miami. Okay. So against Miami, July 11th, and then the 16th, the 24th, the 30th, and then his first two starts of August, right? Before this start, six straight starts, he pitched to a 223 ERA, 25 strikeouts, seven walks. So not quite as good as the other one that you said, uh, mainly because I think he had um, he had some walks. He walked three guys on the 30th in a game where, yeah. And he only struck out three that game. Right. And so outside of that, the strikeout to walk ratio still a a bit better, you know, because that was like his most. But without those three walks, it's huge, right? Right. But still able to pitch to a 223. And, I mean, the numbers just across the board look better. Mm-hmm. Um, still wasn't getting, I, I don't really know what that is, um, like how that goes, but 64% strikes. The pitch, the, the pitch count's not super high, it looks like, um, but it was in some of them, 95, 95, 74 in that game where he was walking some guys, and then 86, 87, 97. So he's even going, like it feels like even though there are only six inning outings for most of those, and the August tenth one, you know, a little, a little less so. I bet if I took that one off, and just went to five straight starts, yeah. If I take off the August tenth, where he got a win, mm-hmm. but dude, that's five straight starts with a one seventy four ERA. That that's a big deal. Yeah. And well, so there was a that. string of them. There was a string of six starts where we liked what we saw in every start. Right. And if you want to throw the Yankees game in there, then you could say that. But I tend to not. Um, Oh, that was the 16 to nothing game. Yeah. 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 In perspective of that, maybe it was a little better. (laughs) But still. And then you come into this game and there was something clearly different. So, you know, what I said. Yeah. What I said last week was give me one more start. And we'll talk about it. If you can give me, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. get me over that just a one-month thing. And I don't want to not talk about it because he didn't do it. Because it seems like this is actually a, a physical thing, not, oh, he just stunk again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's worth talking. And that's something good to bring up because you've been bringing that up to me. Like, hey, I'm telling you, it's different. And I'm like, I'll believe it when he can give me a track record of it, when he can show me consistency. <laughs> And I believe he did show me consistency. Now, why does that matter right now if he does have a dead arm? It matters because when you're looking to the future, like this is still a guy that's worth a chance. Yeah. As he goes into arbitration, this is still a guy that we need to pay attention to because he still could be a number two or number three guy Yeah. on a good team. Like he has mm-hmm. the potential to do that. Yeah. So I think, I think you can, I, I think you can kind of rule out that he's going to be an ace. I don't need. I, I don't to, think you need to, to. I don't think you need to rule it out. I mean, if he continues to get better, yeah. I mean, these numbers are two twenty three and one seventy four. Now they're very small sample stuff, but it was a run of it. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, if he could put that together, then geez, Louise, he's an ace. But yeah, we we just don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, but anyway, the, the dead arm thing, and I know that you said like that that the innings here because I, I want to kind of move on to the next thing here. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say you started talking about that, and we it was highly documented all of the work he did all through the off season. This dude hasn't stopped throwing. Yeah. So even though the innings are there, like he's been, he needs rest, like real rest this off season. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's going to start soon and then see, I, I, you know, if he pitches again this year, which he probably should, if they give him some rest, if he comes out and pitches well again, this guy needs to take a couple months off of not yeah. throwing a baseball. You know what I mean? And it'd be better to start now, like start sooner rather than later so that he can start getting ramped up. Yeah, but in the offseason is when you're supposed to be able to not pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, because I don't want this to happen next August if he's working right. in the offseason the same way. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting. Mitch Keller is interesting again, in my opinion. Yeah. When I sure. said I'm not interested and I'm not looking forward to his starts... I'm now looking forward to him getting healthy because I think he's once again interesting. Yeah. And we just know it's there. We just want it to be there. And unfortunately, here's the way it's going to happen. He's going to pitch for the Pirates next year, whether it's good or bad. We think it'll probably be more good than bad because this is what happens with pitchers. You start Mm -hmm. to learn. It takes longer to become what you become. And then he pitches the year after that, and it gets even better. And we haven't done an extension because we still haven't trusted him. Mm -hmm. And now he's one year from free agency, and we have to trade him. Yeah. And you know what happens as soon as he goes to free agency. He gets paid. He gets paid pretty decently, and he he, he grows up. And he becomes a three- or four-year guy for whoever team that everyone's talking about. You know what I mean? Because he grew yeah. up and he became a good pitcher. Whether yeah. it be I mean, whether it be on the Charlie Morton level or I mean, I, I don't know the the comps. I heard somebody this week and, and I don't know if I'm trying to remember. You heard you heard um you heard a lot of conversation this week about this sort of thing. And one of them, I can't remember if this was on I don't want to name drop in case I'm wrong and then I and then somebody's mad at me. But like they talked about Max Scherzer. And how he really was, he was just a good pitcher until he hit free agency, went somewhere else, and then became what he became. You know what I mean? That's just the way of some of the pitchers, you know what I mean? And he's a good example of that. Mm -hmm. And so those sort of things happen. I mean, you could say that about Garrett Cole. It took him that long to become what he was. I mean, he had one great year for us. The rest of the years were like a lot of good and some bad. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh. You noticed it a lot sooner. I, I I tended to not wanna not wanna believe in it. Yeah. I just so, just look different. Yeah. So another guy who's looked different is Rodolfo Castro. And I know that we spent a lot of time last week talking about a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> when you know what? He he dove back into first on a pickoff. And I looked at his back pocket and I'm like, tell me that's not his cell phone again. Tell me that is not his cell phone again. It looked like there was a cell phone in his back pocket. I saw him a couple other times and it didn't, but I think what it was was one of those lineup cards that they pull out and they look yeah. at what their assignments are and they put it back in. And I'm like, geez, I mean, this guy, 
I thought it was a cell phone. Then anyway, we talked about a cell phone, and all he's been doing is hitting. Yeah. He yeah, got, since his call-up a couple weeks ago, or last week, or whatever it was, last week, he's hitting 326 on base at 370, which I know 370 and 326 are close because he doesn't walk that much. But but the point is, is he's on base. Yeah. 605 slugging. He's hit a couple homers. He's hit a couple triples. He's hit a couple doubles. Like, dude's on. Yeah. Had a big hit in today's game where, you know, it looked like they were they were getting back into it. And th- this looks like a guy who went down with something specific to work on. Yeah. What was his June average? Well, actually, well, it's only three games. He hit 300 in June, but that was only three games. 197 when they sent him down. Mm-hmm. 180 in the month of May. And he got a good bit of games in the month of May. The biggest problem I had with that was, could he hit? Because the dude was playing shortstop every day and he hadn't played it in a while. Right. I wonder if he was just so focused on playing short that the bat went down because of it. Do you remember you remember the, the whole Pedro Alvarez thing? I know I'm more of a fan of Pedro Alvarez than a lot of people that probably listen to this. Mm-hmm. But I believe Pedro Alvarez... Had we had a DH back then, would have been a great player. Because I think that the yips of the errors and then when the throws started happening and then he was trying to learn first base and he still couldn't throw, that bothered him and that and he paid for it at the plate. Yeah. And I want I one hundred percent agree with that. So so maybe maybe Rodolfo Castro playing shortstop messed with his swing as well. It's very possible. Mm -hmm. But either way. Kudos to Rudy because he's raking right now. Now I want to move on because this is something that was one of those things that that came up today or this week. Um, Derek Shelton, of course, we're all talking about, is he going to be safe in this job? What is the situation? Is he is he going to be fired? We just saw Woodward get fired. So now the question is, in Texas, sorry, we saw Woodward get fired in Texas, and then they went after the GM after that. So it's like a whole thing there, which is kind they of took, unfortunate. They took over for Woodward. Uh, yeah, uh, Beasley, <laughs> former Bucko, yeah. uh, former Second Bucko time coach. Happened down there. Yeah. Uh, who who's who's the other one? I can't remember his name. He became their full time manager too. Yeah. Um. Oh my why gosh. Can't, why can't I think? Holy his name? cow! The lifer, uh, Bannister. Yes. Yes. Jeez. So anyway, I just started thinking about this because, you know, and if you look on Twitter, they've been they've been after his head all year long and part of last year. And we remember if you remember, are you talking about Shelton or Shelton? Yeah. 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 I was was going somewhere different. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sticking with Shelton here. Yeah. Sticking with Shelton here. Um, It's just like it's been a topic, but we've talked about it before. And, it, and you just say there has to be, you can't use wins and losses. There has to be a, a measurement. And what is the question? When the roster's there, is he getting it done? Is the question whether or not you like the way that he's doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know. And we're going to, we could talk about any of those things. But anyway, he was on uh, 93.7 The Fan, and they were talking about this. And he said, Quote, unquote, I'm very secure. To not go into anything else, I think probably, I think probably you just, you probably just don't say it. 
You know yeah. what I mean? You go with the rest because the rest of his statement isn't bad. He says, we have to get better. We have to continue to keep working. Right now, my focus is on, on us continuing to work and get better and to continue to get our players better. If he would have just said that, you don't even have to comment on whether you're secure or not. That's not a right. conversation for right now. Right. right now, it's August. I still got another month. Right now, I'm focused on this team getting better. I'm not focused on whether or not I'm going to be here next year. And I wish that he just would have went that way with it. But even him saying that doesn't mean that, oh, dang, it's for sure 100% and he's here in 23. <laughs> like, that's just not it. Yeah. Um, he said, we don't discuss any of our deals publicly. We haven't done that since Ben and I uh, have been there and we w we won't do it going forward. That's fine. They got no problem with that. Um, the Athletic right. actually, um, Rob Beertemple actually asked uh, Ben Sherrington about this. And he said, is Derek Shelton under contract for 23? And should we expect him back? And Ben's comments were, he is and yes. So he is under contract. We should expect him back. Now, that still doesn't mean <laughs> that he's yeah. going to be here. Because right. all he has to do is pivot in November and say, we've had some discussions and we've decided to go a different route. Yep. However, now let's you and I, without mm -hmm. the facts, <laughs> without yeah. real life, what do we think about this? John Russell, uh, I, I tweeted this out earlier last or earlier this week and said something like, uh, you know, Hurdle was able to see it through. And I was reminded that Hurdle was not Huntington's first hire. John Russell was Huntington's first hire. Russell was given three seasons. It was turned over to Hurdle. Hurdle was able to have a bad 2011, a half good 2012, and then they fell apart, and then win. So I was remembering the 11 and 12 as like, oh yeah, he they were bad. And I guess I just tacked on a couple before that in my in my memory, yeah. right? Because I remember everybody saying Clint Hurdle's terrible, Clint Hurdle's terrible. And then he leads us to three straight postseason appearances, and it was kind of like, no, Clint Hurdle kind of righted the ship here. Mm -hmm. He wasn't all bad. Yeah, there were things that I didn't agree with that he did. And some of those things we realize now maybe were just part of the game. And, you know, I mean, yeah. that team was the, the shift was huge. And we were all like, what are they doing? And now we have to, it's so prevalent across the entire league, we have to put in rules against it. Yeah. <laughs> and they were one of the first teams to, to really go in heavy on it. But anyway, it was John Russell that was brought in three seasons, then it was turned over to Clint Hurdle. So Shelton had 2020, he had 2021, he had 2022. So I started thinking, well, that's three seasons. Is that the norm? Woodward seems to be a guy who was there. Now, it's changed a little bit in my initial thought process because I was like, Woodward looks like they're moving on. They just signed a couple big free agents. They're really, in my opinion, they still weren't ready to win, but they turned. those are long-term deals, so that's fine. They'll still be there when they're ready to win. Mm -hmm. and, and so maybe I thought they're looking for their guy to, to go win now. Yeah. So I was thinking, is this the same situation? But I don't know. Now that they canned the GM, I think that's out the window. <laughs> I think they thought they were going to win this year. Well, I, I mean, I, I picked them to compete this year. 
Yeah, and I just didn't see it. I remember us having that discussion too. Mm-hmm. So do you think short story, even if he gets next year, because you made the point before we hit record that 2020 is kind of a, that's, that's kind of a tough, tough hand. Yeah. So let's say three years, let's say 2023 is his real, like legitimate third year. Mm-hmm. Is that what he is? Or do you think that they're going to ride this thing out a little bit until he's, it's kind of hard to say like, oh yeah, you haven't won. Well, no kidding. Look at yeah. these guys. Yeah. Look at the, yeah. Look at the look hodgepodge. At with. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, let me, let me start off by saying there is not a manager that, that oh, people will not, let me see how to word this. There's not a manager that's going to run a team that fans aren't going to be like, I agree with everything he does. Right. It's never going to happen. It's, just, it's not going to, that's not a thing. You're going to not like something. You're going to not like a, a, a move. You're going to, but that's fine. But as far as Derek Shelton goes with, um, I don't, I don't think he's secure as, as you know, he or Ben Sherrington are putting on, but he's under contract. You had, you, you say that. I, Absolutely. I think they, I think you have to think you're secure. I think you have to say that your guy is secure. Um, but as far as I, I, I don't, I don't really care for the way he manages a pitching staff. I, I don't think, I don't think he's the guy that's going to take us into October. Okay. I, I don't know if that was the whole point of this. I think. That no, I, yeah. I mean, I think that's where we're at. I mean, that's the conversation we're having, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think this was a, well, let's get this guy for a while, then we'll figure out who we want to win with. I don't think that's really ever. I don't think that was the whole thing with Huntington and Russell. I just think he just. You don't think that they're good. hiring guys to say this is a, this is a, a a gap manager until we're ready to com- until we have if we're not gonna have the roster for the next three years, I'm not gonna pay for a manager. That's usually when you give a new manager an, an opportunity to see what he's got. If you like what he's got and you and you want to move on with him, but I think typically you're going to say, "Hey, when it's time, that's when we're going to go out and get the manager that we feel like is going to be great with our team." But like yeah. if you're doing a rebuild and you know your major league team is not going to be is not going to look great, then you're not going to spend on a manager. Yeah, and that's fair. And you know what I mean? Like but those I think sort of things. Still- but I think you're still looking for a guy to you can give an opportunity that you think can be the guy. Yeah, that's a possibility. And and then other times it's hey, this guy's really good with player development. So let's mm-hmm. get him in. And I think that was kind of Shelton's thing. I think he was supposed to be really good with that. Great with young players. Player development was supposed to be there. Um, former hitting coach, so they thought offensively that's gonna help out. Um, you know, things like that, which was the same thing. I mean, I know that doesn't matter that I say it's the same thing hurdle was because it really doesn't because it's a different people making decisions. So it's, it's completely erased, even though you want to refer back to it. It really is irrelevant right? because Sherrington is not Huntington. He's going to hire for different reasons. So it's Mm -hmm. not like they're going to, it's not like that matters just because it's the same team. It's a, it's a different team of of decision makers, but it's just a thing of like, Shelton, if that is his role, and then it gets the time where it's like, hey, we're not doing this anymore, 
do we get another guy who's better in the new role that we're actually looking for? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is some of that that I that I'm that I question. Um, however, I don't really know if Derek Shelton. <laughs> I don't. The, the way the lineups change all the time, I'm not really sure that's great for development either. Like, what are you trying to do? It's like he's pulling names out of a hat every night. Like he puts one or two guys where they need to be in the lineup and then just draws names. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't I, understand I don't how either. he goes about that decision. The, the pitching stuff, while I don't agree with some of it, it is the way of the game now. Uh, you know, as you as you said earlier about it, it's an industry thing. It really it is. is. It is, but there's just like the one example I had, specific example, and and I've I know this he's week. done it more than this. Yeah, it was. Uh, no, I think it was last week. I think it was last week when uh, I can't remember who it was, but. We've first and third, nobody out. He'd given up a run already. Ground ball, double play, nobody on, two outs. He goes and takes him out. Like, for what? Why do you need to bring in somebody to get one more out? Now, if one more guy gets on, then I get it. But you got a clean slate at that point. Go, go Give me the last out. You know, I, I feel like because you got somebody to ground into a double play, you've earned another hitter with nobody I on. I think that's one of the things that, I think that's one of the things that doesn't compute here. And I think that's maybe where your gap takes place is when you say a line like you've earned another hitter, I think for for the way that these pitching staffs are being managed right now, there is no earn. There is no uh, he's feeling it today. There is no, you know what I mean? It's like, no, this is the plan we had in place. We're going to carry the plan through. If he gets if he gets to this point and we got a lefty coming up and I can bring in a lefty, that's exactly what I'm going to do regardless. They don't, you know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes, like let's let's say this for instance, JT Brubaker, you 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 went to the game that Brubaker pitched and you said why mm-hmm. didn't he go one more inning? Yeah, you're you got an eight run lead because if it was the plan for him to come out in that inning, then they take him out. A it doesn't. There A. is no earn. There is no you earned something this game. That just doesn't exist, and I'm not saying I agree with this. Right. I'm saying right. this is where that this is where your understanding and your gap takes place, and I think it's it's not just in the decision. I think it's in the fact that you can even earn that. Like it just doesn't exist. You can't earn that. It's not an option. Like I just don't. It don't under, <laughs> It don't make sense to me because why do you have a plan to take your starter out? They have a plan for everything. I know. Just uh, what? In my opinion, my starter's pitching the game. That's my plan, and I'll go from there. Yeah, but you have to have you have to know who's available and have a plan. You have to know who's available, absolutely. But my yeah. point is, and they have guys start, they want to see. My starting pitcher is pitching nine. until he's, he's going nine. Anymore. He's going nine until he tells me. Yeah. Until I, until, they yeah. certainly. I don't think there's a single team in Major League Baseball who does that. There's not. Yeah, it just doesn't exist anymore. They say, right. get me through six, and you're gone. And then some managers will say he can earn a seventh if he pitches well. It's just asinine to me. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. Like, there, there's no one even has an opportunity to throw a complete game anymore. Not, it's very you have zero rare. chance. You have a 0.7% chance of throwing a complete game, no matter how good you're pitching. We should look that up. At the end of the year, we'll take a look at how many starts there were and how many complete games there were. I'll bet you the only ones are not the only ones, but I'll say 90 95% of them are no hitters. 
Mm. I thought you were just going to go with veterans. And I wonder how many no-hitters, and they just yank the pitcher. I mean, we know that happens. Yeah. Straight up. Mm-hmm. We know that happens. So, all right, let's let's move on. Let's get a break. We're going to come back, and we're just going to have a little bit of fun with the, with the Dennis Eckersley stuff. I mean, we can talk about how much we have a problem with it, but we're going to have a little bit of fun with it at the same time. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to call it fun. It is. Uh, we're going to take a break. <laughs> let's take a break. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge, the number two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. Swearingen Bat Company is Ohio's premier wood bat company, specializing in custom wood bats to meet any need from T-ball to senior league. Check out their website at SwearingenBaseball.com. Link is in the show notes. Twitter and Instagram at SwearingenBats. You can also find them on Facebook. Swearingen Bat Company, that's SwearingenBaseball.com. Let them know you heard it here. Welcome back to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Episode number 80. Here we go. All right, so Dennis Eckersley (laughs) made some comments. And, you know, we're going to talk about it. He for whatever reason, was really mad. <laughs> Very upset that his Boston Red Sox were winning 5 to nothing in a baseball game. Just couldn't couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. So upset. Um, <laughs> I'm just so unclear on why he was so mad. But Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, he makes some comments, and his comments were, you talk about a no-name lineup. There's no team like this. Um, are we going to, let's not break it down. I was going to break it down. He talks about how Kansas city is different because they have a lot of prospects playing over there. And the other guy says serious prospects, prospects where they're going to play in the big leagues. Like O'Neill Cruz is not right. Um, Mm -hmm. and really, I mean, some of these other guys too, I don't remember who exactly was in the lineup that day. The two that I always key in on are Brian Reynolds and O'Neill Cruz, just because Brian Reynolds is not a no name. Right, absolutely. Now, whether he was blanketing that across the whole thing or not, the hodgepodge of nothingness comment, and it's like, the way that I took that first was that he called Brian Reynolds nothing. Yeah, I mean, he said a no-name lineup. Yeah, that Brian Reynolds was in that lineup that day. So let's say that he was just kind of putting a blanket on it. Let's say yeah. that he was upset because he's a former player, which also says, why Why are you going there? As a former player, you shouldn't be going there. Like, that's kind of one of those things, you know what I mean? Yeah. But let's say he was just saying, I need to find a way to make a point to this front office that they can't be doing this. I don't know why you feel like you have to make that point. Like, as a as a visitor broadcaster, I, I it's really none of your business, and it's not... <laughs> Not something right. that you even should be commenting on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it that that, that does nobody good. It yeah. doesn't uh, help it doesn't help the Red Sox fans feel like their team's any better because you're just beating a really bad team now. And and it was game one. If they end up losing the series to a hodgepodge of nothing, this boy. <laughs> yeah. That would have been beautiful. That would have looked real bad. Yeah. I 
It, I thought it looked bad. I thought it looked oh, bad it on Eckersley. Bad. The guy yeah. has the right to say whatever he wants. He was a phenomenal pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's a Hall of Famer, and he never even had... When he came up at a very young age, he was dominant right out of the gate. So this guy was... <laughs> and he, he yeah. won an MVP as a 37-year-old. Like, I mean, the, the dude's legit. And I'm not trying to say he's not by any stretch of the imagination. No. He did kind of sound like he doesn't do his homework. Mm-hmm. Not knowing about O'Neill Cruz seems like he's right. been hiding under a rock. However, the further you get away from it, the more you realize he's probably taken a stab at the front office. And he probably did not mean anything towards any of the players. Yeah, but that's still, it just doesn't matter, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah that's, it's that's weak a, and it's, it's lazy. Yeah. But at the same time, what he's saying in a nutshell, if we take away Brian Reynolds and O'Neill Cruz and, and anybody else who was in that lineup that day, which I've already, you know what? It doesn't matter. I can, I can pull the lineup up so quickly. You got Marcano, Newman, Reynolds, uh, Gamble. Okay. So even take Newman out of it, but Marcano, Marcano can, is a, is a big leaguer. I think, I think he has the potential to be a big leaguer and, Michael Chavis has been pretty good. He was a former draft pick and, and a top prospect of your club. Yeah. Ben Gamble is already a big leaguer. I know he's not a great one, but he's a he's a supporting player. O'Neill Cruz. I think Rodolfo Castro right now is showing that, but I'll spare him that. He didn't have mm-hmm. good numbers at that point. But also, he, they had Greg Allen in that game, Padlow, Josh Van Meter came in at some point. Bly Madris was up to bat when they were talking about it, and we know he's been a very under-the-radar player, not a big prospect. And, and you know, if you want to throw Ben Gamble in there, uh, you know, I don't mind, but Jason DeLay was catching. If you're saying you don't know who's catching, that's fine. Most Pirate fans don't know who's catching. Right, <laughs> right. But, it, you know, it, it was a lazy comment. However, we've been saying something similar. If you stick with the word hodgepodge, I'm with you. Yeah. This is a patchwork lineup. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. That, And we call it patchwork because we believe Brian Reynolds is a legit player. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're putting pieces in that don't, like they're pieces of a puzzle, but they don't quite fit. They're like, well, right. I know this isn't the right puzzle, but the, the piece will kind of go here. With yeah. holes. So we thought, let's have a little fun, right? Because like I said, this, these, these com- we, we could talk about this, but there's really nothing left to talk about. Everybody said all the things. Yeah. It was just an unnecessary comment. That's all. I agree. Um, so we decided we would build, of the last two years, players that have played for the Pirates in 2021 and 2022, we would build the true nothingness... <laughs> <laughs> hodgepodge of nothingness lineup um, because this is a pet peeve of ours. And this is going to move us as we get to the end of the season. These kind of conversations are going to move us to what we are going to be watching for this off season to not do things like what we see on this paper. And, and I would assume on your paper as well. They, we, we usually talk some of these things through and we kind of come up with a list. We have not conversed on this. I think we both know one person that's on these because we were looking up how you we know two of him. you know two of mine 
and we we each know we have one person in, in uh that's the same and i i guarantee we got a lot of the same ones though uh i can't imagine you know what though here's what i'll say there are options for us to be different there are. <laughs> and that's not a good thing. And literally, yeah. this is defensively through every position, including DH, and just the starting rotation. We're not doing bullpen or anything like that. We have time constraints, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start this thing off. This is our this is our hodgepodge of nothingness. Do I have a... I was going to see if I have a sound for this. I don't, so we'll go with this. <laughs> I don't have a, like a depressing sound or anything, but anyway, hodgepodge of nothingness lineup or or defensive. Uh, let's start with pitching. Let's start with a starting rotation, just to be backwards of how I did things. Who do you got? Let's let's start with the one we know. Yeah, Cody Ponce. Cody Ponce is in our rotation. All right, who else do you have? I got Bryce Wilson in mind. Oh my gosh, you went straight there though. You didn't save him for last. No, I'm scared just... of the rest of your rotation. I put Bryce Wilson in mind too. Even though we've seen some things that are good, uh, I still, yeah, I'm there. Bryce Wilson yeah. is in my rotation as well. Trevor Cahill. Trevor Cahill is my ace on this staff. I got Will Crow. Oh. It's, he was horrible as a starter. Yeah. Okay. Now, see, we I, didn't put I, like, I, we didn't would, put rules around this. Right. We didn't put rules around this. I would put him this. on my pitching staff, but he's not starting. Okay. That's fair. I see. I didn't go with it that way, and then I I wrestled between like would putting him on my team right now because you could also say like Chase DeYoung's the same situation mm-hmm. as a starter. He and then as a bullpen guy, he's been okay. Yeah. Is Chase DeYoung in your rotation? By the way, he's not. Okay. Well, because be. you kind of liked him. All right. I I'll give you my next guy, Jared Ikoff. I forgot. I didn't even. Yeah. I put Zach Thompson. I uh, really? Yeah, I can't stand Zach Thompson. Of all the guys that we've had start games for us? No, I'm with you on the Ikoff thing though. Like I, I, yeah. Who's your last one? That was all five. Name them straight up. Will Crow, Trevor Cahill, Zach Thomas, Zach Thompson, Bryce Wilson, and Cody Ponce. Okay. So then I have Connor Overton is my other one. And I can't believe that you would not pick Zach Thompson over Overton and Ikoff. I think it's just because, like, I went with, I guess the way I went with it is I, w- I wanted to see, I didn't consider the guys who only made a few starts. Okay. Because I thought the starting pitching was a little bit harder because there are guys like, I mean, I feel like you could have put Stephen Brault or Chad Cool on that list. but Both then of them it, I considered. Yeah, but but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but Chad Cool was kind of getting it done this year. So mm-hmm. where is that land on that? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the one that I almost put on here, but I really didn't want to because of that, like, what is this list really, was Miguel Ujore. If you just went off of stats, he's definitely in there. If you go off of the fact that I think he'll be better, then I don't put him in there, which Zach Thompson would definitely fall under that for me too. I think he's shown us enough really good starts that I'd be okay having him down at the bottom of my rotation. For next year, I have no problem if he's in that rotation. Yeah, you're probably right. But, all right, so that was, man, you had, I'm actually nervous about this lineup that you're about to, that you're about oh, to put bad. out here. It's okay, bad. so not any Zach Thompson's in there. No. Not even close. 
Not even close. Are there any Bryce Wilsons in there? I, I'm going to guess probably not. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm fully, uh, yeah. All right, you go ahead. I don't know. I always go first. I don't know. Do you want me? I'll go first. You want me Who's to go your first? Catcher? Who's, Who's your my catcher? catcher? I actually have two, and I wanted to see what you were going to say. How do you have two? How do you not have two with the catchers that we've had playing for the Pirates this year? How do you Michael not have Perez. two? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you didn't even say either of mine. I have two worse. Andrew Knapp or Jose Godoy? I just, Michael Perez, like he's so much work, and it's just been so bad. Yeah. Yeah, there has it been a, a huge game. body of work, and he had a three-homer game. And, you know, which that three-homer game alone puts him above Andrew Knapp or Jose Godoy. <laughs> I, I see. I, I, I do have Michael Godoy Perez because that was just like a whatever. Like it's I, the I same I though. But that's exactly the kind of things that I'm putting on this list. Yeah. There's another guy that barely played too. That's on my list. Okay. Let's keep going. Uh, let's go to first base. I think I know what we both have here. Do you? Oh, maybe not. Who you got? I have Yoshi Tsutsugo. I got John Nagowski. Oh man, he's on my. You know, a lot of people are gonna have a problem with that because they liked him. Uh, lightning okay. in a bottle <laughs> that's all it was yeah it's nothing more than that and it really wasn't it was like singles <laughs> <laughs> guy hit one home run six foot six foot three 230 pound single hitter yeah and the other guy i had on my on my notes on my like just missed or whatever was will craig so oh uh, if that if that play doesn't happen Will Craig's a completely different story. He's a completely different. He's a completely different memory. Yeah. But it's probably like we don't remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead, we remember because of that play. Defensively, the guy's actually fine. Yeah. He just couldn't hit. I think he would still be in our organization. I don't know, just because eventually, I think you you give up on him when we have other guys. But yeah. But maybe. All right, second base. Josh Van Meter. If it's not Josh Van Meter, I'm going to be upset with you. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be Josh Van Meter. It also, and on mine, it also could have been Ildemaro Vargas. Another one I didn't even consider just because he played one game or okay. three games, something like that. All right, so who's playing third base for your team? Hoy Park. Hoy Park is playing third base for my team as well. Um, and I also could have went with Todd Frazier or Hunter Owen. See, I would definitely not put Todd Frazier on this because he is a he's not a nothingness. That's true. That's a good point, though, because he was something before yeah. then. That's a good yeah. point. All right. So my shortstop is Cole Tucker. I know. Wilmer Defoe. Wilmer Defoe? Mm-hmm. Like he was a good player for the Pirates. Off the bench. Not good when he was playing. But of all the guys you could have picked from. You hate my picks. No, I like don't. It's I'm not just, the same as that, you're like. That is a, that is a, that's a Zach Thompson. Like he's a I legitimate. Think so. He's a legitimate like player when he he hit two sixty nine with the Pirates. <laughs> that's fine. In comparison, I mean, you could have went Eric Gonzalez. <laughs> oh, I'd rather have Eric Gonzalez than Wilmer Defoe. Yeah, I mean, defensively, there's more there, right? Yeah, Except yeah. In, when he was playing shortstop, he ran into Marte and took him out. <laughs> I mean, that alone, that's that like the Will Craig play. Were- yeah. <laughs> that was early on. Yeah, I know. 
He was better first baseman than he was anywhere else, too. Yeah. Man, I, I'm just surprised at the Wilmer Defoe and the Zach Thompson. I, I that's what I'm surprised at. Uh, yeah, and then and I, I and the, I haven't I said a player late. Yeah, I'm not surprised at Michael Perez, but I have not had a player that you've been like I would I would put him in my team. Where are you at with Cole Tucker? I I would I, it wouldn't be the worst thing if he was on my team. Yeah, I get it. I I, I like Cole Tucker, but mm-hmm. when you really look at the body of work and the and the numbers it, that he yeah, put up in bad. the last two years, like we know that mm-hmm. even though there looked to be a change this year, and then he just showed that there wasn't. Right. I had Cole Tucker as my shortstop. Yeah. And then I did Wilmer Defoe play shortstop for us at all? Yeah. Okay. See, that surprised me. I would have thought third and and second for him. I actually had Cole Tucker on this list twice and scratched him off both times. Okay. All right. Um, So the outfield, which I think is the worst of all of these, even though I have uh, Yoshi and Van Meter at first and second, I, I just because Yoshi had a decent run in 21 is why I say this outfield's even worse. So I'll go first with left field. Kai Tom for me, that's easy. Same. And I, I have some wild cards here, center and right, so I'd like you to go first. Center field, I got Dustin Fowler. Okay, that's what I have written down too, and, and I'll explain why. Uh, for my right field, I have Anthony Alford. I got Phillip Evans. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I mean the numbers, the body of work there was was bad. He did have some good some good runs though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I get it. But over, I I would take him over Anthony Alford uh, probably nine times out of ten. I don't think I would. Yeah, yeah. I think Anthony Alford. I think he just had. I I think he still had a better, more of an upside. I mean the guy, eventually. the guy literally like you had to put it on a tee and he might still swing and miss. So he, he, no, I mean you've been you've been super 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 extra low on Anthony Alford the whole time. The whole time, and he wasn't yeah. on my original list. My original that list had Jared Oliva. Me. Do you remember when we were talking before, and I said I got to make a change, and I had to make a change because I was because I was as critical of them bringing him back. There was no reason to bring him back. Like he should I have agree been. With you, you know what I mean. I Tom ended up being gone. Dustin Fowler ended up being gone. To bring Anthony Alford and Yoshi back this year, those were the two things that I had the biggest problem with. But I had Jared Oliver there and had to move him. And I and I even thought about taking Dustin Fowler off this list and putting Alford in center field and putting Yoshi in right and leaving Yoshi at first base because it's that bad that, that he was so bad at both of those positions, he was going to make this list twice. That's how That's how bad it was that we brought him back. Sorry. This really the hot button for me, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> All right, who's your DH, and then we'll we'll wrap it's this Yoshi. thing up. It, your DH is you did put him twice. No, I didn't. You had him at first. Oh no, you had Nagowski, had Nagowski. at first. That's why you went Nagowski at first. Then yes. So you put I Yoshi, had Yoshi at, DH. at first. So scratched him out. So because I because Yoshi's biggest thing is he's supposed to be a hitter, and he was terrible. Yeah. So yeah, that's you can't even do your one job that you should be able to do. Yeah, and I and I would I told Jake before I said if we did an actual lineup, I was curious as to whether Vogelback would actually make Jake's list if it meant he could put him at leadoff and say this is why he's on my list. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I've I'll say this to him blue in the face. I had I, I didn't have a whole lot of problems with, with Vogelback. He was just there was absolutely zero reasons why he should have ever been in the leadoff spot. Yeah. 
Don't yep. tell me it's because he gets on base. I don't. I don't even care. Yeah. Uh, Yu Chang, by the way, was mine. Yu Chang, but the, you know, like I said, I was kind of going through some other guys that could make the lists and everything. This is why I mm -hmm. said the outfield group was as bad as it gets. Because if you consider Yoshi, because you could have, because he played right field worse than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, it was bad. <clears throat> you also could have had Jared Oliva. I mentioned Troy Stokes Jr. At this point, Greg Allen. I mean, I, sorry, guys. At this point, Greg Allen could have made anybody's list as well, um, and you'd have a hard time arguing it. Um, See, I, I, mm, I know, but you'd have a hard time. Hard. When you look at the numbers, you'd have a hard time. I know. They're not there. It's the ball hard. Um, but, yeah, that is, I mean, they're there. There's a lot of options for outfield. Philip Evans, like I you had said, Cole Tucker in the outfield at one Cole point. Cole Tucker, that could be somebody's outfielder because that would that would lower him even more. At least mm -hmm. at shortstop, which I had him so low at short. At least at shortstop, he was a good defender. Yeah, that, I think that's why I went ahead and scratched him off at shortstop. But still, what was the worst of them? Like of the guys who played short, I guess you could have put Hoy Park at short too because he did get some innings there. But then you'd be hard pressed for a third baseman. Because really, yeah, I mean, third base has really actually been one of the keys been holding it position. down, which is why there hasn't been yeah, a lot of guys. When you didn't have him, Michael uh, Michael Chavis plays a good third base. Rodolfo Castro plays a good third base. Yeah, um, but we're mostly basing this off of offense. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's yeah. less about how they play at third and Still. more about how they perform at the plate while playing third. Yeah. And that's why I'm just like, I mean, when I looked at it, I was saying, well, you got. Castro, you've got Defoe, which I would have never put on this list. When I looked at it, I was like, dude, he is 269. Like, that's better than most of our players. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying. His 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 position should be PH, right? Yeah. <laughs> would he have done well as a DH then? Maybe. <laughs> For now. All right. Well, this week we have the Braves and the Phillies, two teams fighting for the postseason. Uh, I'd have to say I'm not too optimistic about this week. You know what? Before we go into into who we have going on the mound, because we do have the next three guys uh, listed here, and oh, yeah, that we do. We know who's throwing. Um, I just looked it up and it said TBD. <laughs> if it is, if it is, oh, it is. You know they they said it after the game. They had it on the broadcast. Who like they've mentioned who it is. And I almost took a picture of it, and when I went to rewind it, it was like, you can't rewind this program. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And you're right, it does say TBD. Um, they have said who's going. We know Rowanzi goes tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and you're right, they do say TBD. Because I looked it up because I was I was wondering if um, Keller was going to be pitching in the next series or two. Oh, no. I mean, he's shut down. Isn't, yeah. isn't he on the injured list? I didn't... No, they haven't put him, him on, put him on there. They haven't put him on there. Hmm. Well, I know they've listed uh they've listed Rowanzi and then I thought they told I thought they said. I don't remember who it is now. So we you guys know who's going, but Jake and I do not. So you I do know that tomorrow is Rowanzi Day, and that's what matters. Right? Yeah, and unfortunately, this Braves team is extremely hot right now. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a rough six games. Yeah, 
Or is it three and three, or is it? It's three and three with it with yeah. Thursday off. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna with the way we're playing right now and the way those two teams are playing right now, I'm looking at one and five. Uh, well, I'm just gonna say our next 18 games are against playoff teams or or teams yes. contending for playoff spots. Uh, we've got three against the Braves, three against the Phillies, three against the Brewers, who are chasing the Cardinals right now. Been yeah. in the driver's seat all year and are now chasing. So you're telling me there, and then we're in Milwaukee for those three games. I still so feel we're going nine straight. That. Yeah, sure, I'm with you. But then we go to the Blue Jays, who are fighting. Mm-hmm. Little, you know, and then the Mets, and that East is a dogfight right now. And then the Cardinals, who are currently in first. I mean, that's a rough run. Is it 18 games? We had nine, and there's nine there. Um, now, the good thing is, is Blue Jays, Mets, and Cardinals are all at home, if that matters a little bit. I mean, their record's better at home, so. Yeah. And then we have four in three days against the Mets, and or against the Reds, and then four against the Mets on the road. And then it's the Yankees again, and then the Cubs and the Reds and the Cardinals to finish off the year. Cardinals for six. But, I mean, that's really like six games against the Cardinals. You have a little bit of an opportunity to play, spoiler, at that point of the season. Yeah. But it just depends on who in the heck's going to be playing for this team at that point. Right. You just never know. you're going to have some call-ups and you're going to have... And you're going to have other guys shut down and you just have no idea. It's going to be a wild card. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a hodgepodge. I don't... It's going to be a hodgepodge of somethingness. I I just... (laughs) It will be something... They're there, yeah. right? Eventually, right. you're wondering when Swagger to get another look. When you know what I mean? Like there just has to be something going on. It's got to be changed. There's got to be something. You've got to see players play. Yeah, has to happen. But we are out of time, so we need to we need to get moving on this. Three against the Braves at home. Three in Philadelphia to start a road trip and. Like you said, going to be a rough week. It is very possible we go in six this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always possible. That's why they play them. Yep. It is a day game Wednesday with Thursday off. So you're going to have two nights this week <laughs> of no Pirates baseball. If you count Sunday night, but that's usually a day game, so I don't really count that one. Um, but this is... Uh, this is that time of year, and then we're getting close to the end of, of August, and we'll see what happens in September. Yep. So, all right, man. That's all I have. You got anything else to finish this thing off, or are you done? Uh, I got one little quick thing. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to give a, a little shout-out to Albert Pujols. Yeah. He's got 692 now. 692. Chasing, chasing down that 700. Does he get to 700? I don't think he does. Ooh. But I do, but I do think he passes A-Rod. I think he gets a 700. I hope I, he gets the I think the great ones find a way. I like it. You know what I mean? He's a great one. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go Bucks.